We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome in Thursday night, hand-raised guys. Neil McCready, Chase Parm here with you. For a little while, we're going to talk to Ben Mintz coming up on the show, Barstool Sports. His uh, NFL takes, some college football, and more from him. Yeah. 40 minutes or so with Ben coming up. We'll take calls in part two. Remember, if you listen to this podcast, you are currently hearing part one. Click on over, listen to the calls, whatever we have after Ben in the break with part two. That's somewhat determined by the number of calls, the people in this live stream, that kind of thing. It's out of our hands at that point. But have you been, with you. Have yes. you been surprised that uh, yes. the listens for part two are pretty close to the listens for part one? I did not know that, but yes, that would surprise me if that is the case. I have not gone back and looked. It's at a that, fall so. off, but it's not dramatic at all. Okay. Well, hell, if you're just sitting there and you know, why not hit the play button? See what grind you know me. I've been and people got to say. I'm looking at analytics all the time. You're right? a little obsessed with analytics right now. They're really interesting. You are. Well, you they're are. really interesting. It tells they tell you a lot. They tell you a lot of things you don't want to know, and they tell you a lot of things that make you happy. Yeah. You missed a riveting cowbell conversation prior to uh, us actually starting the show tonight. So, so you got to be in the live stream for that portion of the uh, of the conversation as we're talking about gifts and ways to give cowbells as inheritance as uh, as people pass on to their their next life. So. I will tell you this as we yep. get started. We're brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. They sponsor this show each and every week. They've become incredibly great friends of MPW Digital. Um, if you're in the Oxford Tupelo area, get in touch with Comer uh, for your heating and air needs. If you walk outside tonight, you feel just a hint of it. Just a hint. Not much, just a just a hint. But next week, I think it's coming. A little cooler weather. Not not heater weather by any stretch of the imagination. But next week might serve as a reminder in a couple of ways. Because we'll turn the calendar to October on Saturday, next Saturday. And uh, a little cooler weather in the forecast. It probably should serve as a reminder that sometime fairly soon, you should just get your heating system checked out. Now would be a great time to do that. They'll come out from Comer, from Southern. They'll check your heating sometime in the month of October. Get it checked. 
so that you're ready to go when colder weather arrives. It's hard to believe that on a day like today that colder weather is actually going to come, but it will. And you want to make sure your heating system is uh, checked out and ready to roll. And if the event that you have a problem, now would be a great time to get it repaired or whatnot because you you want to be ready when that, that time comes. So uh, Comer Heating and Air in the Oxford and Tupelo area, if you go, if you live in Memphis, Hernando, that area, get in touch with the people at uh, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, 662-429-4429. Um, guest join on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Rafters on the Square in Oxford, great place to grab a burger, a po' boy, a cold beer, a, um, a drink, whatever the case may be. Before the college kids take over at nighttime, stop by when early evening, afternoon, and uh, enjoy uh, a stop at Rafters Music and Food, also Rafters in New Albany. Got uh, tons of stuff up on the site today at rebelgrove.com. If uh, you aren't subscribed, today would be a great day to subscribe. We have tons of football content. Chase did a deep um, dive into uh, Davis Brin. Is that his name? Davis Brin is his name. Davis yes. Brin, the quarterback from uh, from Tulsa. Tulsa and Ole Miss on Saturday. Uh, we've got uh, recruiting today. Ole Miss got a huge basketball commitment from uh, Josh Hubbard. There's a story from uh, Travis Graff, who covers uh, college basketball recruiting for Rivals.com. And then I have a, a story talking to uh, – Josh's dad, Jason. So there's a lot there. Um, also on the stream today, we've got our show from earlier this morning where Jeffrey Wright joined us, previewed the uh, the weekend ahead. There's a Mind on My Money presented by Pinnacle with Martin Palomo and myself. There's a McCready and Siski powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. That's up as well. Uh, Pete's Pigskin Preview is up, presented by Walk-On's Sports Bistro. Um, let's see. Uh, and then... Uh, the Butcher versus the Spin Instructor, week four. That's up as well, presented by LB's Meat Market. So a ton there. And then um, here we are with Henry's guys. Uh, Charles, I got some exercise in and took a shower. So that's that's why I changed. And I do sometimes when I'm doing multiple shows so that I don't look like I wore the change same. Change a little. I'll yeah, just change yeah, yeah. a shirt. That's all. Yeah, you always try to at least like swap out some caps or something just to sort of. So you don't look like you just wear the same thing over and over and over. Not that it matters. I don't think anybody cares, but just trying to switch it up. Give some variety for the YouTube page, too. If somebody's clicking on all of them, yeah. it's not like, oh, he's wearing the red shirt. Yeah. And the red shirt. Yeah. And the red shirt. Yeah. And the red shirt. Are you drinking a Stella in the Stella? No, it's a. Uh, this is a Rockhound IPA from Lost 40 Brewery. Um, I got it last weekend when I was up in... Uh, Fayetteville. This is where is Lost Forty? Little Rock. That's what I thought. Yeah, I, I've actually tried that in Little Rock before. I was trying yeah. to remember that. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. It's not my very favorite, but it's okay. It's fine. It's beer. It's beer. There was a concern earlier in the week, and I tweeted about it that some because of something in Jackson with the water deal, there's a carbon dioxide issue, and we could have a beer shortage in our country. And if that doesn't unite us as Americans, Chase, nothing will. Really, Connor? That is interesting right there. He says, currently in an Uber heading to the square, and the driver's plugging this through the car. So Hell yeah. We've arrived with Uber. Yeah. So, hello, driver. Thanks for <laughs> Absolutely. being with us. Thanks here. for being with us. Uh, please hit the like button. That would be really cool if you would. Hit the like button. If you're not subscribed, subscribe. Uh, if you're going out tonight and people leave their phones laying around, grab them, subscribe. Um <laughs> 
You know, we're, we're growing. That's that still is true. You could just subscribe and then silence it even, and people would never even They'd know it. They'd never know they were subscribed. They don't need to get the notification. The ba- they don't need the bell. No. They just need to subscribe. Yeah. The the drive for 10 We would like you guys to get to hit the bell. but That would be great. Although, apparently, the bell did not register for everybody tonight, I'm seeing. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I think I got it. I thought I got it, too. Well, no, maybe I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I did not. No, I didn't either. The bell did not go off tonight. (laughs) 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 So ridiculous. Uh, uh, Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. It's just one of those. One of those deals. Uh, What time is our... We we got Virginia Tech, Virginia. That is a neat atmosphere in Blacksburg. It is. It is. They suck, but... They're two and let's, one. Let's hope, let's hope they suck a little bit more tonight. I've got West Virginia. Oh, do you? Yeah. West Virginia's not good, Neil. What are we doing? I don't know. You like Neil Brown, and it's clouding your it judgment is. a little it bit. It is. I'm only giving two and a half. Okay. What is your shirt? So a U Darvish shirt. Okay. He said something in Japanese. They asked him to translate it. When he did, it was... Eat fried chicken till death. Really? Yeah, and it just led to a T-shirt. It was pretty funny. Back so, in his Cubs days, the logo's not bad. No, I'm That's a big U Darvish fan. I'm, I miss U Darvish pitching for the Cubs. And you like weird T-shirts? I like weird T-shirts. It's <clears throat> one of your things. That's true. I can't argue that. So, how was your day? It's fine. You were out and about, or did, working on your book. Um, yeah, trying to get it finished. Like I said, I did that. Oh, it's not and, done. Well, I mean, I'm done writing. Oh. Yes, I just, I'm, I meant the process of trying to get it in as many bookstores as possible. And uh, when does it get in bookstores? Uh, looking like October 10th. Oh, it will be online prior to that, as early as next week. But um, yeah, last couple things tomorrow and Monday, and then it it goes live. But bookstores early to mid October. Some bookstores have already made orders. Um, already got a few signings, pretty much scheduled. Um, but some issues too, some things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that hadn't been resolved. The one, not yet. Uh, exchanged some stuff. I, yep. Neil called me in the middle of uh, some frustration with that yesterday. Um, I was. It's one of those deals, and it's it's for any it's it's for anything, but it goes for this with a couple of things too. Is you are very well served if you want if you think it's potentially not a good idea to say exactly what you're thinking at the time to walk away or take a minute before you respond to the email or before you say something. And typically, you'll be a little kinder when you come back to it. Um, I've had to I've had to learn that that in the last day or so. As I was gonna, it's a couple of times where I went, hey, if I respond right now. Probably not the best thing moving forward for what I need accomplished, but it's okay. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna persevere. That's what we're gonna do. Uh, there will be abilities to get signed copies mailed to wherever you are. Yes, that will be. Uh, I, I know a couple of places that will for sure do it, but hopefully more uh, will as well. I talked to um, I talked to Lamiri and Jackson about that actually last night. So at least them, and hopefully some other places as well for uh, for that. So but now yes. that you've been through this process, would you ever do it again? The writing is not bad. I actually, now it's a subject that I know oddly well, but the writing was easy to a point. 
Now, making sure it's right for print, mistake, like fixing it for publication is different. And then there's a lot of headache that I've had since then that is the hardest part. The hardest part is getting to the finish line actually once you do the first draft. But I, I don't know. I wouldn't say never. I, I don't know. I don't know what the topic would be is right. the thing. Like it would, it would have to be something that really, really interests me. And I felt like I could do. I mean, that's the other thing too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like I'm – a man of the world here. There's only so many things that I felt like I would be able to actually put something down that would be worth reading to this level. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I would not, I'm not intimidated by the process moving forward, but I also can't tell you any topic in the world where I'd go, yeah, I'm, I'm the person to write that yeah. book. I mean, hell, I don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, we all think we're, we're fiction writers, but I mean, you I know, know I'm not. Well, you've written a children's books. Yeah, but that's different. It's not easy. No, but I didn't try to get it published either. I mean, I didn't go through the process of getting laughed at. I wrote about a third of a novel fiction when I was younger and never finished it. No, I could never do that. But I read enough good ones to know that I couldn't do it. Well, no, that's that's a good point. The, The two things that I have definitely learned is, one, just how many words like a Baldacci or somebody that mm-hmm. has a 100,000 word novel, just how long that is, how many words that is writing it, sure, and how good you've got to be to keep three, four storylines going through 100,000 words. Mm-hmm. Because you're, you're, even a competent writer would be mm-hmm. trying to finish that thing in 45,000 words because their minds don't allow them to draw it out in an interesting way to get that deep. Sure. Um, because I became a little obsessed with word counts while I was writing, and it showed me just how many words mm-hmm. 80, 90, 100,000 is. It's um, a ton. And to have dialogue that's not stiff, to have believable conversations in books. Like, fiction, hard as hell to write. I mean, it yeah. just is almost impossible. I I have a greater appreciation for fiction writers today than I did three months ago. Because I know how di- potentially difficult nonfiction was. Oh, and, and at least with nonfiction, you're just reporting. I mean, it's essentially what I did was report for right. seventy thousand words or whatever it is. The idea of those guys when they get writer's block and the process they have to have to go through what they have to do to produce just content to keep going. It's br- brutal. Can't even imagine. Like, friend of the podcast, Harlan Coben, talked about how he would... Um, friend of the podcast. He wrote... When he's writing a book, he gets up, hangs out with his kids, eats breakfast. He writes from 8 to 12 and edits from 1 to 5, whatever he wrote that morning every day. So he puts eight hours in, but he writes for four hours, takes an hour off, and then comes back and rereads and edits what he wrote for four hours, gets up and does it again the next day until he's done. <laughs> that that is just so much. I it's, that is it's, so much. four hours of editing. Yeah, the I mean, four, I guess he finishes early. Great, but that's the way he. Yeah. That's the way he structures his day. Is gives himself up to four hours of editing and rereading and writing and doing whatever it was he wrote that morning. And then he has a team of people who edit. Oh sure. Yeah. yeah so yeah, it's yeah. just it's such a remarkable process that I. I don't know. I I don't. I know I couldn't do it. I've had people like push back when I'm, I say it. I just know I couldn't do it. 
And I'm no way, no chance. I mean, I think I told you this. It's 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 odd in a way, and I don't know I don't know what caused this. And look, I don't know how it'll do or not do, but figured it was one time to give it a shot. Um, I've written I don't know thousands of stories over the years that go on the internet or go in the newspaper <clears> or go wherever. There's a different feeling to this because of like a potential permanence to it sure. that is interesting sure. that I have just sort of felt mm-hmm. that it, that is interesting. That's because once it's published, you can't go fix something. Well, no, and it and you can't change. Something. And you hope that I mean, look, I mean, everybody's probably reading it once, but it's something that sits on a shelf is different than something that rolls off the front page. Oh, tomorrow. sure, sure. There's something of like being a record that you are. You're paranoid about something being incorrect. Mm-hmm. Being, you know, as I. I think I said this on Brian's podcast. You talk to three people and they remember something a little different and you go, well, how do I write it? Because I can't use all three quotes, but what's the truth? Right. How do you do that? You know, I mean, there's so much of that that just doesn't necessarily, doesn't necessarily work. So Because not everybody remembers something the same. No, they way. have much different experiences with the exact same event. Yeah, sure. Because they saw it through their own individual prism or lens or whatever whatever their emotions were at sure the time. sure yeah so that's been the interesting thing from from a storytelling standpoint yeah virginia tech scores seven yeah. three hokies ridiculous see i had i had no one cares but i had oregon state plus five and a half against usc and got made fun of and i allowed myself to change my mind I should have just stuck with it. Because you watch now. I'm just going to tell you, Oregon State's going to go beat USC. On. You're in a really big mode right now of gut feeling and don't think. Yes. Whatever the thing is that is the first thought. Yes. Go. Yes. And I let I let people talk me out of it. And that was dumb. Ooh. People. Tyler. People on the stream told me I was an idiot. The, the person who you were competing against talked you out of it. Yeah. I know. Just Terrible. Saying. I know. Terrible. It's the opposite of asking a barber if you need a haircut. I mean. That's a question I don't ask. Of course, I'm my own barber. That's true. Mm-hmm. Good point. I get a haircut whenever I feel like getting a haircut. Steelers uh, taking a deep shot. No chance. Oh, we have that on there? This, this game's got... This game's got weird written all over it. Do you have it. interest in this, though? This not, game cannot even sort of pique my interest. Not really. It's just NFL. It, I think the NFL is entertaining, so if they play, I watch. But, well, yeah, whatever. But no, as, as NFL games go, Cleveland, Pittsburgh this year, not particularly interesting. That's a good bit of hand fighting there. I can't decide if I like the Browns unis or not. They're just very browns. They're very brown. It's brown and orange with the orange hat. I mean, in general, they have some of the worst suits. Yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh's got a good road uni. It's it's strong. Stacy, thank you very much for the uh, super chat. He says, "What's the title of the book?" Uh, it's "Resilient Rebels: Ole Miss's Remarkable Miss Baseball's Remarkable Path to a National Title." Is what it is. Um, and it's mostly all original reporting. I think I took four things that I wrote during the year and republished them, but the rest of it is. Uh, complete um, reporting. A lot on the actual stuff on the field and then a lot of the off-field stuff on how the year was shaking out for the coaching staff and potential 
changes and that kind of thing. We hit all of it. Because that's what makes the book. I mean, Tennessee going in 62-8 and eight does not make for much of a book had they won the national title. I mean, that's right. cool. Good team beats people. Awesome. Sounds good. No, from a storyline standpoint, you got, frankly, a storyline that wouldn't be believable. It's fair. You know, you got a you got a 11 seed winning the NCAA tournament in basketball. Yeah, I miss mean, what you got. You got the last team in getting hot and winning. That was also number one in the country at one point. It's yeah, it's it's NC State 1983. Oh. Is that level? It's yeah. Villanova that's, that's, 1985. That's that's yeah. It's that. That's what it is. Yeah. Because the early ranking, frankly, in college baseball, the early rankings just don't mean much. They're sort of built on reputation and expectation, but they're not really built on results yet. You know what I mean? Because they don't, they don't play anybody Because preseason is still reputation for the most part. Yeah, of course. Because they started the year number five in the country. Yeah, I don't mean yeah. that as a knock on them, yeah. but it's just like I can predict right now not knowing anything about college baseball, and I could, I'd could i hit 90% if you said predict the preseason top 20. I'd be like, okay, cool. You I'm could good. get most of them. Oh, yeah, I'd get 17 of them. I did notice in the recruiting, and I haven't dug into this. I mean, I just haven't had time. I didn't care enough. Ole Miss had the number two recruiting class in the country for baseball um, for the season per maybe Baseball America, maybe Perfect Game. I forget who. Vandy was 11. And I wondered why. Who was number one? LSU. Okay. Wondered why Vandy was 11. That's the lowest I've seen it's them in a decade. It feels like they're falling. NIL has leveled the well, playing field at the top of the game. Well, that's 100% true. I mean, there's now there's, like we've said, there's six or seven monsters at the top. COVID has oddly helped Ole Miss because it's made it where they're not as top-heavy on that one class. It's spread things out for them a little better that I think actually is, is better roster management overall where they don't have the one class that has the hit or they're in, they're in deep trouble. Somebody asking about the Braves' path to the playoffs. Um, it's just really hard to know. I was trying to see if you could find. They're playing Philly tonight. Is it? I don't know. I think it's a national game. Can you imagine? I bet they get nothing competing against the NFL and college football tonight. It's not where you want to be. I wouldn't think. They're one game back of the Mets. So if they win the division, they would open with the St. Louis Cardinals in the first round and then play the winner of the Dodgers versus the wild card person, team that came out. So the pass pretty easy to figure out if they won the division. Predictably, there's a lot of confusion out there, by the way, about LSU and the NCAA hit today. Yeah. That, that, that ruling today was on a completely separate case. It had nothing to do with the big case. What's going to happen with the big case? I don't know. But this was a completely separate deal. This was two things. It was one, it was, um, it was COVID violations. Mm-hmm. And two, it was the offensive line coach who did something. He got a three-year show cause and a fine. And, yeah, his career's over. There's no timetable that I'm aware of as far as the actual case that everybody's concerned with. I don't know what that looks like. Yeah, no, like. no idea. No one does. Podcast brought to you in part by Johnston Hill Creamery, johnstonhillcreamery.com. 
It's been almost two years since they started making their cheeses locally and in-house. You can get those there just off Molly Bar. It's on White Oak Lane in Oxford, 662-419-9201. Cheese at johnstonhillcreamery.com. Just stop in. All their different cheese varieties, really creative stuff. Their charcuterie trays, their grazing trays, their um, desserts, and much more. They're always just kind of making some new and inventive things for you to check out. Go by, see their cooler. Uh, plenty of things to accompany your uh, cheese and meat selections there at John Steel Creamery. And remember, another home game this weekend, tailgate packages available to feed 10, 20, or 40, depending on the number of people they can take care of that. They also cater weddings and showers and much more. So again, 662-419-9201. Solutions Rx is a probiotic multivitamin supplement company created by Ole Miss Pharmacy alum Chris Cornelison. It's pharmaceutical grade, manufactured right here inside the U.S., Based out of Iuka, Mississippi, if you take diabetes medicine, high blood pressure medicine, cholesterol medications, they typically cause side effects like muscle pain, brain fog, energy loss due to a depletion of minerals and vitamins in the body. That's why you should try prescription support. It's going to uh, put those vitamins back into your body, help with side effects, helping you stay more compliant, taking your medications, helping you stay healthier over the long term. It's solutionsrx.com. Promo code OEP at checkout. You'll get 10% off your first order. I'll brought to you by Hawkeye Portable Buildings, 7991 Hawkeye Highway 7 South, I should say, in Hawkeye, Mississippi. At Hawkeye Portable Buildings, they custom build your building to your specifications. However you want your carport, ATV or storage shed, barn, hunting cabin, or other buildings, Hawkeye can accommodate you. You just pick the color, the style, the windows, the doors, and Hawkeye makes it happen. In-house financing available. Um, it's the free delivery set up within 75 miles of Hawkeye as well. 662-226-2233 or go to HawkeyeBuildings.com. You can also find them on Facebook or Instagram at Hawkeye Portable Buildings. Speaking of tailgating, if you're coming in Tulsa game for the Kentucky game, Auburn in four weeks, three weeks, whatever the case, I lose track of days. Uh, Seven South Tailgating can take care of you. They provide a level of service that is unlike any other. To lock in a tailgating package for the fall, just go to sevensouthtailgating.com, submit a request. Uh, They're well-staffed. Their team members are well-trained. Their team is capable of consistently securing the spot you want week after week. They can go all over the campus. If you need extra ice, extra chairs, they take care of that as well. sevensouthtailgating.com. Get your sock game in order for tailgating and also start thinking about the holidays a little bit as a gift. DeadSoxy.com, promo code RebelGrove at checkout. Get 25% off the best socks you'll ever put on your feet. Game Changer Patches also will help you in the Grove. Make a great stocking stuffer. It's the only two-patch system available in the market to stop hangovers before they start. you got the warm-up patch, the overtime patch, all natural ingredients. Keep you in the game, ready for the next play. GameChangerPatch.com, promo code RebelGrove20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Sometimes you can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode and face a challenge in life. When you learn how to find your own solutions, there's no better feeling. A therapist can help you become a better problem-solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or small. I know you got family, friends. Great to have people to talk to, but sometimes a therapist is the way to go. There's no preconceived notion. Nobody has their own opinions or emotions tied into the topic. So you get a clean slate and a trained professional to help you through whatever your issues that you uh like to get over or so if you're thinking of giving therapy a try better help is a great option it's convenient accessible affordable and it's entirely online you can turn the video on or off you can make it whatever experience you want to make it you get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey switch therapist at any 
time. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash mpw today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash mpw. All right, you want to uh, you want not Ben out and then we'll... Sure. All right, so I talked to Ben Mintz, uh, I guess yesterday? I don't know. It was two days ago, wasn't it? Was it yesterday? I don't know. It I doesn't really I can't matter. remember. We talked college football, NFL. Um, so here's Ben Mintz on the uh, Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Our friend Ben Mintz, Barstool Sports, kind enough to join us like he does each and every week. Benjamin, how are you? I'm, I'm doing great, Neil. Uh, you know, football season, it's funny. I said it last week. You know, you wait all year for it. Then once, it's, once it starts, you feel like every week's two or three days long because it just never ends. And, you know, it's hard to not be feeling great as an Ole Miss fan right now. I mean, I know Georgia Tech is certainly by no means a great team, but you don't get shutouts on the road against Power 5 teams, modern college football very much. And uh, just thought Ole Miss looked awesome, especially the offensive line and the running game. And, you know, we looked a lot better than Clemson did against him, I can tell you that. Let me ask you this. Curious. Uh, let's assume for the sheer hell of it that uh, both Ole Miss and Kentucky win this weekend and get through it healthy, okay? Uh, Kentucky gets Craig Rodriguez back next week. Um, Kentucky at Ole Miss, it's an 11 o'clock game on uh, ESPN October the 1st, so we're getting close to it right now. If you had to bet on what the early line will be on this game, what would you what would you guess? It's, it's funny. I actually asked Brandon Walker this yesterday, and we were debating it. And I guessed Ole Miss by four and a half, and he guessed Ole Miss by six. And, oh, uh, really? Yeah, well, here's the thing. Ole Miss has a really strong power ranking with Vegas, and Kentucky's isn't as strong. I mean, you remember Kentucky was getting six at Florida. Yeah. And so you see Kentucky favored by like 16 over Miami of Ohio. Like Vegas has a way stronger power ranking on Ole Miss. And, you know, a big part of that is the Kiffin thing. And then also the margin of victory. I mean, you win 42 nothing and 28-10 and 59-3 when you're beating people that bad. Uh, that affects it. So uh, I actually think Ole Miss – I said four and a half. Brandon said six. Um, and so it's going to be – you know, it, it's going to be one of those lines where people will be like, oh, I can't believe Ole Miss is this big a favorite. But that's what I think is coming. That's interesting because I would have guessed a smaller number. Like I've been asked a bunch. I've been like Ole Miss minus three, uh, and people are like, "Oh, so you think it's even?" I'm like, "Well, it, it is pretty damned even if you look at a lot of things just in terms of programs." But I, I, the one thing that's interesting about it to me is that Kentucky typically, and this isn't exactly fair because who cares? But they typically don't do well on the road against SEC West teams. Um, they got shellacked by Mississippi State last year, for example. That won't matter at all in this year's game, but it's just you look for trends, and um, and those are some trends. Oh yeah, and I'll be there next week too. Uh, that's the one I know. I'll be at the Kentucky game in Oxford, and I'm going to go there, and then I'll be at the LSU game in Baton Rouge, uh, both for sure. And so I uh, can't wait to get back to Oxford. Uh, you know, obviously, like I'm sure you've heard the avalanche of Ole Miss fans uh, complaining about the 11 a.m. thing. I do think it's a little bit of a slap in the face to give LSU Auburn six o'clock when Auburn can't score an offensive touchdown right now. But you know what uh, that is, though, Ben. I mean, we—it's it, time that we kind of acknowledge this that, that the, the networks make decisions based on ratings history mm -hmm. as much as they do anything. And Auburn LSU has always kind of been a weird night game when it's at, a weird game when it's at night. They put it at night. It's an easy national sell. LSU has more eyeballs. Auburn has more eyeballs. They, those two brands are bigger over the period of time. It's going to take Ole Miss a minute to get to that place where the networks go, we want this team. 
in primetime, damn it, and we'll fight for it. And the other thing is these 11 o'clock games are, and you know this, they're fast becoming far more valuable to the networks than the, than the public understands. Yeah, no, and that I agree with. Fox really hit it with that big noon game now that's become such a huge thing the last couple of years because that was actually an afterthought. So we, we had this craze like when we were younger, no one played night games except LSU. Everybody used to play during the day. And then it became this thing where everybody wanted to play at night for the atmosphere, and there would be no good 11 a.m. games. It would literally be like all the 11 a.m. games suck. Then you have like a you know a CBS, Big 230, maybe one or two others. And then you'd have eight good games at night. And so now that 11 a.m. bubble is a big one because if you put a big game there, everybody's going to watch it. You saw that with Alabama, Texas. Uh, and and you, want something, you want something that the networks do. I get why fans are upset, totally. But the TV people, and they're the ones footing the bill, they want something that bleeds into the 230 game. That's what they want. They're far more concerned about that than they are the 2.30 game bleeding into the 6 o'clock game because they know that at nighttime you're going to get weirder rank ratings and stuff because people go out. People do things. They want that 11. They want right out of the pregame shows, ESPN, Fox. They want right out of the pregame shows into the 11 o'clock bleeding into the big game at 2.30. What they want. I'm curious if they're going to do that for the playoffs on New Year's Eve this year. I think the playoffs would do a lot better if they did an 11 a.m. and the 3.30 than a New Year's Eve night, too. Now you mentioned it. I know that's probably for another discussion, but I agree with everything you're saying. I bet they do. From a rating, I hope they do because New Year's Eve night, people are doing stuff, you know. From a rating standpoint, that's they're going to get a better number because, like you said, people are going to want to go out at night. When, when, when the girlfriend or the wife says, I want to go to the party on New Year's Eve, you got to think twice before you go. No, babe, we're going. We're going to watch football. Oh yeah. Um, you know. Um, let me ask you about a few games in the SEC this week that I'm. There, there's I'm some interesting to. games this week throughout college football where, like, maybe not huge headliners, but there's some games that are fascinating to me. Not in a couple in the SEC and a couple around the country that we're we're going to learn a lot about some uh, alleged contenders. Yeah, I'm about to ask you about a few of them. Missouri goes to Auburn, and the line I've got written down is six and a half. This isn't a, 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 a important game unless you're Brian Harson, but it's a, it's a really interesting game. It lines up to seven on, on I'm looking at, at, at DraftKings right now, Missouri plus seven. Um, the money lines are Missouri plus 230, Auburn minus 275. It's, it's obviously a game that, that Brian Harson has to win to delay the inevitable at, at least a little while. Give me your early thoughts on this one. I can't lay seven with Auburn right now under any circumstance whatsoever because they can't score. I mean, when you're struggling with San Jose State, I mean, granted, Penn State's obviously a good football team, but you can't get embarrassed like that on your home field in a 230 CBS game. I mean, you got to at least fight. And TJ Finley's not the I mean, they just, they're a mess at quarterback. They don't have one. So, I mean, I kind of think Auburn might, I could see Auburn winning like a 23 20 or 2017 just crap fest game here. Like, I could see a lot of worlds where they, like, barely pull it out and don't cover. Uh, Missouri, that effort at Kansas State was – like, I kind of was getting – I've got a friend – I've got a friend that actually is, like, one of the heads of Missouri recruiting who was at Auburn before Missouri. So, he, he's a guy that knows a lot about this. But he tried to tell me Missouri was going to be a sleeper team and they had this good D-line and all this crap for the year. And <laughs> that, that – that, he, he fooled me on that K-State-Missouri game. I, uh, no, I think this is going to be a really ugly game. I, I kind of think Auburn squeaks it out. Harsin lives for another week. But, I mean, the writing's on the wall. That AD got fired that hired him. 
uh, I expect full sale changes uh, at Auburn. And also would like to mention, I wish the national media, Clay Travis and all these idiots, Lane Kiffin may leave Ole Miss one day. I'm not saying he won't, but he ain't leaving for unstable Auburn. I mean, he's going to leave for somewhere that's a more stable situation than that. Auburn makes no sense from a fit standpoint. I, no. I mean, I, I don't I, – look, I, I'm with you. If Ohio State called Alabama, Texas, those type programs, yeah, he goes. He and damn near everybody else in the Yeah, program. of course. You know, I mean, and, and to think that Lane Kiffin would, would turn Alabama down to stay at Ole Miss is ludicrous. But but he's not going to Auburn right now. No. It, makes, it makes no sense at all, in any shape, form, or fashion. He's just not. Now, if you told me that Lane Kiffin left for the NFL fairly soon, sure. But I'd say that about a lot of college coaches who look at this recruiting thing and the constantness of it, and they look at the NFL and like, you know what, I want to try my hand at the highest level. I'd buy that. I don't buy Auburn. And if I'm wrong, people like you and me, we can, they can play this video and 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 they can. No, make, yeah, I mean that, that's all people ever do is play my bad gambling picks and laugh at me. But they never play the ones that win. You know, right. it's they don't. All right, am I crazy here, Ben? To like Tennessee minus nine and a half, minus ten. Am I nuts? What am I? Help me, man. Up. This one I've been back and forth on a lot because okay. look, Florida obviously looked like crap. Florida and Arkansas both looked horrible against South Florida and Missouri State and look ahead situations when Arkansas has AM and Florida has Tennessee. This Tennessee Florida series is just even when Tennessee's good, they always have problems against Florida. Yeah. The thing with Florida that's so hard to read. Is Anthony Richardson like what are you getting at this point? I mean, he can make spectacular plays and he can throw, he's thrown a ton of pick sixes already. And so it's just like so hard to know what you're going to get no there. He passes four picks. He's thrown a bunch of bad balls. He makes plays with his feet and he, he beat Utah that night and was really good. But since then, he's been terrible. Yeah. I don't know. It just, I see what you're saying. Like Tennessee should make a statement, win by three or four touchdowns here. But it like being the rivalry game that it is, and like Tennessee feels kind of obvious too. Like I think Florida might fight them a little bit, uh, and it'd be a good game. But I mean, I, I guess I'd slightly lean Florida if any. But I, I, this one, this one's a tough one to call. I, I just feel like everybody is riding off Florida here, off how they've looked the last couple of weeks, and you know this might be a spot where they fight a little harder than people think. I kind of love Ole Miss minus the nineteen and a half twenty. I mean, it just feels like this. I. I and I think I like the over in this game too. It just, I just think Ole Miss is going to score a bunch of points. They typically do. And we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. See, I was actually going to say we got to talk about this Ole Miss over under thing because Ole Miss has had eight games in a row now where they've allowed 21 points or less. And they're like the only team in the country, I think, that's done that, which is a crazy stat. But going back to last year, the Baylor game, uh, AM, you know, all those end of the year, yeah. the Egg Bowl. And these Ole Miss over unders are like 10 or 15 points too high right now. I mean, last week you and I both talked about how we liked Ole Miss Georgia Tech under 65, 42 Loved nothing it. final. Loved it. Troy game was what, 61, 28 10 final. Yeah. And here's what it is what's happening in these Ole Miss games, and this has happened last year too. It's a little, Ole Miss is getting up three, four touchdowns in the first half, and they don't. I mean, they're kind of just getting through these second halves when they got leads. You know, like they're not going all out trying to score 60. I mean, I know they scored some points in the second half, but I don't know. With, with Kentucky next week, if Ole Miss gets up a few touchdowns, I mean, Tulsa throws the ball a lot, though, and Lane Keaton's yeah. been talking about that. So maybe that extends the game more. But Ole Miss has a good pass D. I don't know. I just feel like right now Ole Miss nationally, everybody thinks of them as a shootout team because of what they were in 2020 in the first half of 2021. And the defense has been playing excellent second half of last year and this year so far. And also this year right now, they're you know, yeah, they're up-tempo, but they run the ball. I mean, you saw the play selection last week. First half was, what, six to one run to pass, something like that. So I, I just kind of feel like the the over thing on Ole Miss right now, I think it's a misconception. And I'm going to keep firing these unders until I lose. Okay, it's interesting. All right. The game of the week in the league, I guess there's two, Florida, Tennessee. The other one is, is this Arkansas-Texas A&M game in um, – in Arlington, the line's gone from two and a half to two. Uh, the Aggies laying the two points. It's a 48 over under. Um, a lot of similar – you hear people talk about simulations in this game, and they get a lot of one- and two-point games and, and simulations. These two teams are sort of polar opposites, Ben. Texas A&M so good on defense. Uh, Arkansas so good on offense. Meanwhile, Texas A&M's offense is, is terrible. Arkansas's defense is every bit as bad. What do you think? This series has been in Dallas, and it feels like I've watched the same game for 10 years where they play a really close game and A&M just wins by three. Until I mean, that's happened almost every year for like nine or ten years. It's like every year it's down to the wire, and it's a good game, and A&M just like pulls it out at the end. And, you know, that's kind of what the line's telling you with A&M by two and a half or two. Uh, my instincts like AM a little bit, but man, they just look even with Max Johnson last week, they still looked horrible on offense. They, they looked awful on offense. They, and they tried to give good. it away with that muff punt. They tried to give it away. Yeah, they look uh, great on defense. They look they 
They benefited from Miami did not play particularly well on offense. Now, some of that is because of A&M's defense. They were down a receiver that hurt them. Parrish had the turnover. It was just, it's such a weird, I have no, I think this is coin toss, man. What, I just, it's got to be brought up that what the hell is Jimbo Fisher doing with all these five-star receivers and talent? He gets all these kids to come and doesn't use any of them. They're throwing for 180 yards a game. Like, I, I've said this about Jimbo lately a good bit. Like, he obviously won a national title at Florida State and all the same and stuff. But I feel like he is not adapting to this RPO, like, modern college football. Because, like, Cause he runs not. this, like, insanely complex playbook that's really tough on young quarterbacks. You know, you have to be so mentally sharp. That's why true freshmen can't get in there, and it takes a long time. But football's changed. You know, we live in, like, this RPO thing now where it's like you're just trying to get these man-to-man matchups where you can beat people in space, and it's a lot more simple. I don't think he's adapted to that. It's it, it, I, I agree with you completely. Like, you watch it with Lane Kiffin all the time. What do they do at Ole Miss? They're, okay, here's what we can do. Let's do it. They, they simplify. I mean, I'm sure Lane – there's, I'm, I'm sure there's a part of him that would love to have a 700-play playbook and do all these things and design all these plays. But if you get kids thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking, they don't make plays. And it's, it's kind of the reason that I think I might lean Arkansas here is because when you okay. get down to it, here's why. When you get down to it, Kendall Bryles has had K.J. Jefferson for a little while now. He's got Sanders back there who's having a great season. He's got some receivers. They spread the ball around. But at the end of the day, what do they ask KJ to do? Just make a play. Let's do something simple. Just make a play. And I kind of think that's what they do. And I put no stock at all into the Missouri State thing last week. Because like you said, it's, I don't either. it's a look ahead. They, they weren't. And then Bobby Petrino's an offensive genius. They had a great plan, and they scored a bunch of points against a bad defense. But I'm not convinced, to your point, look, if Bobby Petrino were coaching Texas A&M, I'd go A&M. But it's Jimbo. I agree. I think the Jimbo thing is just – I don't feel like he's – I mean, he's obviously doing well with the NIL and recruiting, but as far as his style, I just don't know that he's evolving with the times very well. And Can you imagine if you gave a guy like Lane Kiffin Texas A&M's roster? Oh, dude, they'd be a title contender. Hopefully a couple of them A&M five-star receivers see how they transfer to the SIP stuff. Great. I mean – he gets so much out of his team, so much. Um, a, a number that's big that I'm curious about, you like Alabama minus the 40? Is that number too big against Vanderbilt? I mean, I always tend to stay away from stuff like that. I wasn't surprised they covered against Ewell Monroe last week because they lost to him 15 years ago, and Saban could, like, show that all week and say we got to take this serious because we've lost to this team before, which is still – blows my mind that that ever happened but uh 41 I mean I just these are kind of I don't get into these usually because a lot of it just has to do with like Bama can win as bad as they want to but like do they so I I mean it's just kind of whatever to me it's hard to analyze let me touch a couple other games that just kind of catch my eye got Baylor uh, at Iowa State Iowa State giving two and a half to the Bears what do you think about that one that one's it's weird and so Iowa State won 10-7 at Iowa and they're just Two, you know, teams just throwing crap at each other. Uh, Baylor, it's interesting. Vegas doesn't respect Baylor as much as you think. I know they lost in double OT to BYU, but they were an underdog in that game, and now they're an underdog here. I mean, 
there's a thing whenever an unranked team is favored at home over a ranked team, I usually like the, the like people look at the rankings so much and they're like, oh, I can take number 15 here, getting points at Iowa State. So it makes me like Iowa State a little bit. I usually like whenever there's just an unranked against a ranked team and the unranked team is favored. That's always kind of like, why is that? So, I mean, I guess I'd lean Iowa State here. But they lost a lot from last year with Brees Hall and Purdy at quarterback. And, mm-hmm. you know, Iowa State's not a place with five-star recruits. You know, they're not just snap reloading. So, I feel like, you know, they're – you know, Matt Campbell's a great coach. I'm not taking anything away from him. But, I mean, I feel like they aren't – you know, they're probably – people are expecting a little more out of them than what they are this year because of that. Clemson heads to Wake Forest. It's been an emotional week for them. Uh, Clemson giving seven at Wake, a Wake team that probably was looking ahead a little bit last week to this game against Liberty, and it almost burned them. What do you think about this line? I almost hit one, Neil. It was three nothing Wake early second quarter, and I punched in Liberty at nine to one money line because I was watching a little bit of it. And I was like, oh my gosh, like Hugh Freeze has pulled this off before. Wake has Clemson. Wake looks sluggish out there. And I almost pulled an awesome one out. I, I was watching that game get fired up. I really wanted that one. Um, this one's fascinating to me because Sam Harbin's back at Wake, and Clemson looks like crap to me. They look Louisiana. Look, I mean, obviously, you and I are both very familiar with Tech. Yeah, they're down this year. They got Sonny Cumbie in year one. That roster, Skip Holtz really did a bad job his last couple of years, and they fought Clemson. They were down what seven and a half last week, something like that against Clemson. They hung with them for a long time, and I, I'm I'm trying to give Clemson a couple of benefits of doubt here. I'm trying to say, well, you know, number one, they they had had a tragedy in their family earlier in the week with the defensive lineman's sister dying of cancer. I know it was an emotional thing, and then number two, you know, they were probably looking ahead a little bit to Wake. It's Louisiana Tech. It's hard to get up for that game, but they don't look good. They just don't look good. But now I don't know. I don't know what Wake looks like against Clemson either. There is there is an athletic mat- mismatch to some degree. Well, I, I think I'd take Wake in the points because I just don't trust Clemson laying seven or eight on the road with how bad they are on offense. And the thing that strikes me about Clemson, look at their wide receiving core through the years: Sammy Watkins, DeAndre Hopkins, Martavis Bryant, Mike Williams, T. Higgins. I mean, they've got so many just five star dudes that have crushed the NFL. Where are they now? Like, I watched Clemson play, and, like, Etienne left, and I know he's been in the NFL a couple of years. Where's their skill guys? Like, that was what made them so – I mean, people thought Todd Boyd was a Heisman candidate because the receivers were so good. And right now they don't have them. And that's what's so weird to me watching Clemson is, like, they've had just these unreal athletic receivers. What they do have is eight NFL defensive linemen. And I don't know how Wake, you know, is going to be able to block that. And I don't know how anybody can because that D-line so loud. But I just don't – trust them laying a lot of points on road, the road because their offense stinks. I mean, I'll call it what it is. They're bad. they got a great defense, but I just can't lay eight on the road. And, and Wake, I think, you know, last week, look ahead. This is a huge game for them. they got Sam Hartman, great quarterback. So, uh, I lean Wake in the points. I don't know if they can quite pull it out, but I think they'll fight. I know you said you had some other games that, that catch your eye, so I'll, I'll hand it to you in a second. I am curious about this one. Oregon coming off a big win over BYU. they got to go on the road at Washington State as a six-and-a-half-point favorite. I know you don't like road favorites a lot. What do you think of this one? Oregon, I had them big against BYU last week. Oregon, historically, is really tough in Eugene. They have a weird home field advantage. You know, there's some teams that are just, like, really big home road splits, and they're one of them. I don't know what's the Nike thing or the brand or it's a weird place to go up there, whatever. Uh, and But 
I don't trust them laying six and a half. Washington State's kind of sneaky. You know, Cam Ward, their quarterback, was actually someone Ole Miss took a lot long look at from incarnate Yeah, he came yeah, in. Yeah, he was a guy that a lot of people thought he was going to be the Ole Miss transfer quarterback. And uh, Washington State's looked pretty good so far this year. And, you know, Oregon coming off that big win, six and a half looks a little sketchy. So, I, I mean, I think I'm, I'm Washington State or pass here. Any other college games got your fans? Yes, there's one game? game that's getting ignored, and I just cannot – it is a crime that USC Oregon State's not getting more love. What Jonathan Smith's done at Oregon State, they're it's on the Pac-12 network. I mean, Oregon State was one of the worst programs in the country two years ago. They beat Oregon last year. Right now they're undefeated. They smoke Boise. They win at Fresno. They've got a great running game, a really physical line. And this is the game I've had circled on. You know, USC's look great first two weeks. They kill Rice. Who cares? Whatever. They killed Fresno after Hainer, the quarterback, got hurt, but they were dominating that game. This is the one to me with Lincoln Riley. Like, my questions on UFC, USC, I love their skill guys, love quarter, Caleb Williams, love Addison, whatever. But Oregon State is going to line up the offensive line and they're going to punch them in the mouth physically. And can USC stop it? You know, if USC is a playoff contender, they'll go to Oregon State, they'll take care of business as a six and a half point favorite on the road. I have my doubts. I think Oregon State has been tough at home. I think Jonathan Smith, who was their former quarterback, uh, you know, the Fiesta Bowl team with back in the day when they beat Notre Dame, he was the offensive coordinator for Chris Peterson at Washington. He, what he's done there, nobody's talking about it because it's Oregon State. He's unbelievable. And I think Oregon State's going to fight him here. I think they're going to try to slow down the game. They're going to run the ball. They're going to huddle. And I think we're going to have a dog fight on our hands. I'm leaning Oregon State in the points, but I'll say this, Neil. If USC goes there and they win this by two, three, four touchdowns, they're a playoff contender and the best team in the back 12. This is a very, very tough game. Great stuff. I'm looking forward to that game. Yeah, right. well, good luck finding it on the Pac-12 network. It's unbelievable. Well, it's why it, – it's a, it's another reason – and, look, I get UCLA's going Big Ten. I get it. I get it. I get it. But it's another reason when people go, you know, watch for, watch for UCLA with Lane Kiffin. I'm like, I understand, but man, that is that is a real step down in terms of of uh, spotlight and such. I mean, Ole Miss is on national television every week, just the same as everybody in the SEC is, right? The the SEC money is just about, and I I, I know they're going Big Ten, but they're they're so far behind everybody that they're going to be playing in the Big Ten. It's going to take them. It's going to take more than a minute. And I just don't know that the commitment is there the way that it is at Ole Miss. And also, just look at, for example, how if you look around the country, all these top quarterbacks now are from California and leave. Nobody yeah. stays. Bryce, you know, you look all over CJ Stroud, Ohio State, Bryce Young, obviously Ole Miss had crowd, but there's been, there's like this mat, like, because that, that, cra- I forgot the name of that league, the league that's got, you know, all the great high schools, uh, the Trinity that. League, whatever it's called, that awesome high school league in Cali. But all these quarterbacks aren't going to USC or UCLA anymore. I guess they're going to USC now. But well, that's the thing, right? If you take the USC, if you take the UCLA job, you—that's the first promise you've got to have from that administration. There is, hey, look, I want to be able to compete toe to toe, eye to eye. I mean, glove to glove with USC, and they're nowhere close to that, man. And their fans do not care about football if you've seen their home crowds. I mean, they really don't care. So, I no, I don't think UCLA is a threat at all on that front. I just think it's very damning that these top California players are all going south or Ohio State or whatever. That says a lot about the state of California football if all these people are wanting to leave for college. 
switch gears for a little bit while I've got you. Um, oh, yeah, you're good. If I offered you the whole damn league, you can pick your team, okay? You can pick your team fully healthy at home, but they got to, and they're going to, I'm going to give you seven points. How many of those teams would you take over the Buffalo Bills right now? Oh, gosh, uh, not many. And, man, what's, what's funny for me, Neil, like a big part of my gambling style, I'm a contrarian gambler. Like you hear me on here. I'm always looking for home underdogs. I'm looking to stay away from what the public does. And it works a lot. But the problem is when you do that against the University of Georgia or the Buffalo Bills, <laughs> when you lose, you don't just lose. Like you get like people just like look at this idiot saying the Titans had a chance. You know, like I, you, you, you get beat so bad that you just lose all credibility. You can point to your record and be like, oh, it was 6-0 and in the other six games. No one cares. They're like, look at this dumbass. He bet against – he bet, took South Carolina plus 25, you know. So, no, but the Bills and the University of Georgia, after the first couple of weeks, are officially on my – I'm not saying I'm betting on them every game, but I'm done going against them. I've seen I enough. Do. You know, this week, Buffalo's five-and-a-half in Miami. My instincts normally would say, hey – you know, Buffalo's look so good on Thursday and Monday night. Everybody's seen it. Miami has a weird home field. It's hot there. You know, Screw blah, blah, blah. It. I would take Miami in the points, but I'm not doing it. I've seen enough. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen enough. No Moss going against Buffalo. Josh Allen's a cheat code. I mean, it's literally like if you, like, made a quarterback out of game genie. Like, he just, like, flicks his wrists and throws it 40 yards. He's 6'5". He runs like a 4'4", 4'5". You can't get him on the ground. I mean, he's not a real human being. <laughs> I know he's a stud. He's a monster. Their defense, though, adding Vaughn Miller to what already they already had such a stout defensive line, and I don't know. They're just uh, it. It. I kind of you know you almost want it for their fan base to win because they've been tortured for so long. But uh, I'm done. I've seen enough. I went against them. I'm zero and two in Bills game that I've lost them by a combined 185 points. I'll go through these games like we always do. We'll just touch, okay. touch, touch, touch let you touch the ones that uh, you you have a strong feeling on. Kansas City is uh, at Indianapolis. The uh, Chiefs a six and a half point road favorite. So this is one where my instincts snap go off because everybody saw the Colts just get shut out in Jacksonville, and I was all over it. Remember, I told you on here, Jacksonville yeah, you, was my. You and I both favorite were, game yeah. last week. Yeah. It's the thing with the Colts. If Michael Pittman, that receiver who's, who's emerged the last couple of years, if he's out, their passing game screwed because they don't have any other weapons. I mean, they got Jonathan Taylor running the ball, but they, they I don't know what his status is yet because we're taping this early in the week. But I'll say this every recreational gambler in America is going to bet KC this week. Every one of them. That game reeks. Indy lost as a road favorite, they got shut out. Six, they made that line six and a half where you can say, oh, KC just has to win by a touchdown with Mahomes and Indy Strowan. I mean, it's going to be very hard to hit Smith on, on the Colts, but, like, there's no chance I take KC. If Michael Pittman's back, I might just, like, you know, hold my nose and take Indy in the points at home as I'm dog. Eagles get a big Monday night win over Minnesota. Got the quick turnaround. They got the noon game at Washington. Uh, the Eagles six and a half point favorite on the road. Man, this feels like a spot to take the Commanders, doesn't it? It does. It, same thing. I always one of the other things I always talk about Sunday night and Monday night games. Everybody sees them. And when you look bad on Sunday or Monday night, remember last week I had the Cowboys plus seven against the Bengals. When you look like crap on national TV, the overreaction. 
that comes is so, so big. And adversely, when you look like the Eagles did last night, this line opened at four and went to six and a half. Yeah. And but here's the problem, though. Jack Del Rio is stealing money from the Redskins as their defensive coordinator right now. What the hell is he doing? You've got a front seven with five first-round picks on it, and you're allowing – I mean, Detroit could have had 500 yards in the first half last week. And you know how many – on that commander's front seven, they got so many – they got a bunch of those Bama top guys. And I don't know, just he's not doing a good job with them. I think he should have gotten fired in the offseason. That's what concerns me, but – it's a, it's a division game. You're getting six and a half. I mean, Carson Wentz against the Eagles is obviously going to be a big story, but it's kind of the same thing I said with the Colts a second ago. It's like, who isn't going to take the Eagles after how they looked last night? So I'm, I'm commanders or nothing. I'm pissed at the Ravens. They, they, they blew it last week. They had a big lead. I was, I, was, I had that thing won and then they choked. Uh, they're in new England giving three to the Patriots. The Patriots got no offense right now at all. And yeah. uh, it's not even Mac Jones's fault. I know he's not mobile, but like they're past, they, they just got no playmakers at wide receiver. In modern NFL, you've got to have some receivers. This game's changed a lot. And, you know, this, this I know Aguilar made a really good catch last week, but Jacoby Myers, Aguilar, and all these dudes, I mean, come on. They have Devontae Parker. Like, get out of here. None of those guys can do anything. Um, but I still. I mean, I'm pats or nothing because I just can't lay points on the road at New England with Belichick. You know, it's just tough. But Lamar, this is about back spot. God, I can't believe the Ravens are up 35-14 in pro football going mm. for it and lost. But, Unbelievable. You know, I, I don't know. I, I think I'd lean pats plus three here, but don't love it. It's getting late early for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. They go to uh, MetLife to play the Jets. The Bengals are five point favorite on the road against a Jets team that uh, came back and beat Cleveland last week in weird fashion. Jets Jets beat Cincinnati's a 10.5 point home underdog middle of the year last year in New York too. And again, yeah. people, that was right before the Bengals got hot. Look, here's the deal. Cincinnati claimed they fixed the line. They got Lyle Collins. They signed Alex Caps in Tampa. They didn't fix anything. In, since the start of last season, Joe Burrow's been sacked 84 times. The second most quarterback that's been sacked is Derek Carr at 49. Think about that stat. He's it's been sacked at 30, and that's coming off a catastrophic knee injury. And until they fix that O-line, I'm not taking Cincinnati. I'm not doing it. I'm not laying four and a half. They can't block anybody. And you can have Jamar Chase. You can have Tate, Tate, You can have all the weapons in the world. If you can't block, you're screwed. And – so, I mean, that's another spot. I don't think the Jets are necessarily good. I don't believe in Flacco, but just right now, you're crazy if you're laying that many points on the road with Cincy with this O-line problem. Detroit heads to Minnesota. The Lions uh, held on, got a got a W. Uh, they, they head to Minnesota as a six-point underdog on uh, Sunday. Okay, this is the thing I said about Minnesota before Monday night. I think I've got to read on this team. They are not the same outdoors. It slows them down. It slows Justin Jefferson down specifically the way he gets in and out of breaks. And cut, like they're way more explosive when they're at home. And that's why everybody convinces themselves Cousins is good. He puts up these numbers. Then you see what happened last night. I think there's a Minnesota bounce back spot here. I think this game's going to have a ton of points too because Detroit's been scoring a lot. But I think this is kind of a similar spot where everybody saw Monday night how bad the Vikings looked in Detroit. You know, hard knocks and America's darling. I, I think Minnesota might win this game like 38-24. I think you're in. This might be a spot where a big, big game from Cousins. 
The uh, the Raiders choked. They pissed me off too. They head to uh, Nashville as a two point favorite against the Titans team. That, ooh, boy, they have to be so thankful that it's somebody on the other side of the ball, not named Buffalo. The Titans thing is fascinating because they've like all the metrics. If you like look at analytics and stuff, they've overachieved the last couple of years more than any team in the NFL because they've been so good in close games. The Brable and. You know, going back to 2019, they made that switch from Mariota to Tannehill. I've been riding this team for like three years with Tannehill, and boy, it came. I feel like the music may be over now. You know, it just – I like Traylon Burks, the Arkansas rookie. You know, he's making plays. But Tannehill looks miserable. They had a lot of rookies out there on defense. They've got a lot of people hurt. Harold Landry, the pass rusher, Christian Fulton's hurt. Taylor Lewan, the left tackle, got hurt. I don't know. It just, it's like it just is the music over in Music City with this Titans bunch. Ron Tannehill, by the way, Neil, here's a stat. Highest cap number in the entire league. I think it's 42 million this year. Ooh. Ron Tannehill. Ooh. There's a stat. Ooh, that is. <laughs> that's, that's a tough one. <laughs> number one quarterback salary cap. Uh, but gosh, having said that, uh, Vegas, they look rough too. I think Derek Carr, I know they played good in that first half, but. Josh McDaniels, you know, just different offense, you know, kind of maybe feels like they're taking some time to get used to the McDaniels thing. I don't know. Um, Honestly, for the life of me, if you can figure out who to pick in this game, you know more than me because this this one's just – they both need it really bad. They're both 0-2 and they're desperate. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Speaking of desperate, the Saints are desperate heading to Carolina. They're giving two and a half to to the Panthers in Charlotte. I'm worried about this one. Um, just because the Saints, what happened in that fourth quarter after that fight and all the Jameis turnovers. And Carolina, I know they're 0-2. They're at home. They're desperate. They beat the Saints really bad in week two last year in Carolina. Granted, the Saints didn't have a lot of, like, weapons then like they do now. But this game, I hope the Saints win it. I'm not going to, you know, bet. I never bet against the Saints or Ole Miss. I have a rule. But I wouldn't take the Saints here. I mean, I think Carolina, a division game, home dog, Saints, you know, there's probably some negative mojo out of what happened on Sunday. Um, sure. and, and so this one really concerns me, and I hope they gut it out. Uh, you know, I, I'll never bet against New Orleans, so I'm staying away. But I think this is one I might take. I kind of like the Panthers minus I – mean, get, getting two and a half here. I just I, – I, I, My I, instincts would like Carolina, but like I said, I just – I understand. Uh, Texans head to Chicago in a noon game. Bears look like the Bears. The Texans – they're the Texans. The Texans getting three at uh, Soldier Field. I know it's extremely obvious, but how are 40 and a half points going to be scored in this game? I, I mean, I know I, it's a very know. obvious under, and that kind of concerns me. So, like, maybe there's turnovers, fields, Davis Mills. But, I mean, Houston's playing hard on D. You know, they did a great job against Russell Wilson. You know, they held the Colts to 20, even with overtime, even though the Colts had a lot of yards in the second half in OT. Uh, but the Texans, I just, I mean – Bears offense. I mean, all they're going to try to do is run the ball. So, I mean, I, I, it's a very obvious under call, but I'm still going to take it. Here's one that I kind of like. Taught me out of this. Uh, I, I sort of like the Jags getting seven on the road against the Chargers team with a beat up Justin Herbert. I, I, I don't hate that number. I don't hate it either because this Chargers team is just they play close games every week. Mm-hmm. What they do, they're yep. always just to the wire, no matter who they play. And Jacksonville, are they the best team in the AFC South? 
I mean, like with what Tennessee and Indy are looking like right now and the Texans. I think they're the favorite all of a sudden. <laughs> Doug Peterson, uh, another great Northeast Louisiana guy there. ULM produces champions. That's what we do. <laughs> Uh, but he, uh, no, I, I mean, I'd lean the seven. I think Jacksonville's not that bad. I mean, that was a really, you know, this shutout. Trayvon Walker looks like the number one pick. He's been making plays all over the field on defense. Oh, and, he looks great. Yeah, no, I, I would, I think I'd lean the seven, but I need to hear a little more about Herbert's status. And also, Keenan Allen missed last week the hamstring injury. I think he's out again, but we're taping this so early in the week. Yeah. Like, I would lean Jacksonville right now, but I don't want to like say it's a play because I need to see more on those guys' statuses. All right, uh, 325 games. We're getting near the end. We're going to speed through these. Uh, Pac- no, you're good. I'm, I'm okay. chill. Hey, you know, I love coming pa- Packers at the Bucks. The uh, the Packers, Aaron Rodgers and company, getting two and a half in Tampa against a, a Bucks team that has looked pretty damn good out of the gate. Well, these Bucks unders are becoming a thing, too. 20 to 10 and 19 to 3 the first two games. The thing with the Bucks, no Godwin. Evans is suspended and rightfully should be for yes. that cheap shot. Uh, Julio Jones' status unknown right now. They just signed Cole. You know they're desperate when they're signing Cole Beasley. Aaron Rodgers' career, he plays bad in Florida games. Green Bay struggles down in Florida. You know, we all remember what happened week one against the Saints. Uh, two years ago, I remember they lost to Tampa early in the year. So, I mean, I kind of lean ta- Tampa here. Um, if Julio Jones is playing, I'm taking Tampa. I just think they need, like, Tampa could have won that game by a lot more if they'd had Julio or Mike Evans or Godwin out there last week, you know, or Evans played till the fourth. Like, I feel like the, the receiving core was kind of holding them back a little bit. Um, so I, I would lean Tampa here. Kyler Murray played the role of hero last week in Vegas. He gets the Rams at home this Sunday, 325. The Rams a three-and-a-half-point favorite uh, there in Glendale. This is one of those where I'm interested to see what you say because you love home dogs. Yeah, but this one, okay, so I had another tweet that didn't age well. When Arizona was down 20 to nothing, I was asked <laughs> if they were the worst team in the NFL on Sunday because I've been really down on Arizona since their 9-0 start last year. But this is actually a spot where I probably don't lean the home dog because in this exact matchup, the Rams have just been getting the best of them. You know, there's sometimes in football when you have these division matchups where one team just matches up well with the other one. I mean, the Rams embarrassed them in the playoff game. They wanted Arizona in a Monday night game late last year. Uh, I think a lot of it is just Aaron Donald can get that interior pressure and that messes up, like, you know, doesn't really messes up Arizona. I mean, it messes up every offense. But uh, I don't know. I, I feel like the Rams just match up well with Arizona. So because of that, I can't take Arizona. I'm Rams or nothing. I still got question about the Rams too, though. They too, just, sure. I mean, I, you know, they were up huge on Atlanta and almost blew that game last week. Um, but I'm Rams or nothing. All right, here's the Wolf game of the week. The Falcons getting to at Seattle. Wolf. So we do a not-that-bad power rankings on Monday on Pick Central, which is really funny. And right now Atlanta's like number two because they covered both. <laughs> they, 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 they're covering and they're losing, but they're, they're not that bad, you know. Uh, yep. Boy, Seattle, I mean, that kind of was predictable Ooh. after their win against Denver last week, yep. uh, looking a little rough. Man, this, like you said, I, I can't – I mean, hell if I know. You know, I don't know what to tell you. Some, somebody's right. moving up the not-that-bad power rankings, but I'm not having a cent on this game. The Sunday night game, it's now Jimmy G's 49ers again. They head to Denver to play Russell Wilson and the Broncos, the Niners. The Niners, a one and a half point favorite in Denver. 
I'm looking at under 45 here. I know it's another obvious under, but right now Denver looks miserable on offense the first two weeks. And I actually may get in the hot take situation on this, but I had questions about Russell Wilson going into this year, whether he's still elite. And he hadn't answered him the first two weeks. I can tell you that. Uh, I just don't think he's like that great of a passer. I know he can run around and keep plays going and stuff, but like you look back at his last few years in Seattle, like all these games with Wilson are like 10-7 in the third quarter. And then he goes nuts in the fourth quarter and the D-line gets tired or, you know, runs out of gas pass rushing him, but there have been just a lot of low-scoring games the last few years with him that kind of go nuts in the fourth, but he struggles a lot. Um, and then 45 just feels high. I mean, Niners, Garoppolo, you know what you're going to get. They're going to run the ball, uh, but not really – I don't think they're trying to play shootouts or anything. So, I mean, I think I'm just going to go under 45, and I think it's going to be like a physical game. Last one, got the Monday night game, the undefeated Giants. Go figure. At home against the Cowboys, the Giants laying two and a half in an attempt to go to three and oh, which would be I don't know that anybody saw that coming. If they can no, that, I'll tell you what else has got to be discussed. Cooper Rush may be good. Last year on Sunday night football, one at Minnesota, led a game winning drive, game winning drive against Cincinnati. And I thought the, you know, I feel like I always questioned Kellen Moore's play calling with Dak. I think the play calling was better last week, but it seems like the team kind of believes in him, you know? There was like a vibe out there last week. And so I kind of feel like everybody's going to take the Giants here. Like, oh, they're at home. They're only two and a half on Monday Night Football. I'm kind of leaning the other side. Okay. Dallas, I mean, Micah Parsons may be the best defensive player in the NFL now. I he's mean, he's just out there raising so much heck. Uh, he's just an elite pass rusher. And, you know, I think the Dallas thing, you know, the, the old hot take world may have put them in their grave a little quick. I think they may be a little better than people think, even with Cooper Rush. Um, ben, I've kept you too long. I appreciate Oh, you're good. I love coming on here, Neil. I appreciate you having me. How can uh, people just, keep up with you over the weekend when they're watching the game? Yeah, this weekend uh, I'm trying to get on this TikTok world. I don't know if anybody's on this. Uh, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm at Barstool Mincy on there posting videos and trying to keep up with these kids, and it's been – it's something. Uh, but can't wait for next week. Uh, I'll be in Oxford next Friday and Saturday. I'll be there for the old Miss Kentucky. I may have to just see sunrise in the Grove next Saturday, you know. Like, if it's an 11 a.m. game, I may just have to get out there at, like, 6.30 or something and do, like, a sunrise video or something. I don't know. Why not? You know, I mean, yeah, why not? Season day. I can't wait to get to Oxford. Uh, NFL's been pretty good so far, so hopefully, uh, we'll we'll keep that going and uh, look forward to, to seeing you, seeing y'all, and seeing all the Rebel faithful next week. All right, Ben, I appreciate you very much. Have a great weekend. Talk to you again next week. Take it easy. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that seventy-five percent of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance.
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.